0: Oh, oh my State police helicopter drops it. there is the explosion
1: I hate Asians I can't breathe
2: Prosecutors saying the victims were targeted because they were gay or transgender I didn't
0: want to come and I don't want to be here no, Every single last one of you better be fucking registered to vote the Uniform doesn't make him a robot Just like your, life. Life Just like your uniform, your skin but color no, doesn't make you a, a criminal no. We don't do this the no. correct way
1: Welcome, welcome to Diversity on Fire. This is Heather coming from the great state of New Hampshire. I'm Nina from the Midwest in Iowa. I'm Ashley from Raleigh, North Carolina. On today's episode, we'll be talking about cultural appropriation, specific examples of it, and why it is seen as so disrespectful. Cultural appropriation, the unacknowledged or inappropriate adoption of some customs, practices, ideas of one people or society, by members of another and typically more dominant people or society. So this is a definition, dictionary.com definition of cultural appropriation. However, I will say it is not necessarily a widely adopted definition. Everyone has their own. It seems like there's various versions. Everyone kind of has their own example of it. So I want to start there, guys, because this is a, a really hot topic that makes a lot of people mad. Who has thoughts on that, that definition to start with?
2: I don't think I can agree with anything more than what you just said, which was the idea of cultural appropriation and starting this dialogue makes a lot of people mad. I think it's one of the most tenuous and difficult to untangle and complicated pieces of the argument. And my frustration or concern with how to talk about it is cultural appropriation in all of the bad light. Is racism inherently, and racism is the big problem. I feel very strongly that if we fix racism, cultural appropriation is no longer an issue.
0: So there's levels to this. And so if we talk about some of the more clear cut examples of what's generally going to be super problematic, it's when people put on other people's cultures as outfits or as decorations. So, for example, Halloween is a real one that just burns people when people decide that they want to be geisha or when people decide that they want to be a Native American or whatever, which looks different than, for example, wanting to be a Disney princess of whatever ethnicity. It's when you're making someone's whole life and the things that they look at and feel and their their culture identity, and then you wear it and it's something that you put on and you discard and you think it's funny and you think it's a joke and you're trivializing it. And that's basically where the concern comes from is this idea that it's being trivialized. And so that's where the animosity comes from, the Kardashians, which in the African-American community, specifically with Black women, are really resented as a group. And while I don't particularly care about what the Kardashians do, it's just it's not a point of contention for me. I have seen the conversation over and over and over. Or like Iggy Azalea, because they feel like they put on all the pieces that suit them and then don't have to deal with any of the backlash, any of the real struggle and that they don't actually support the cause, which once again, I don't necessarily know that that that's true, but I know that that's where those feelings come from. So cultural appropriation has taken place
2: since the very first man or woman from the very first nomadic tribe decided to take an extra long hike to the next nomadic tribe and hang out with them for a while. The idea of sharing characteristics and attributes of culture is an innately human concept that's followed us as a species Throughout our development and evolution, there are good parts and bad parts of all of that. You look at colonialization, you look at the birth of America in a lot of ways, it's there's rot with atrocities and those atrocities cannot be ignored because that's the root of all of the damage that has led to the current state of things, right? But if we're talking about cultural appropriation in modern times now, are we talking specifically about white theft of black culture or white theft of... Asian culture or Latino culture or whatever culture we're talking about being appropriated? Is that the root of why this is an inflammatory issue?
1: Yeah. Actually, I have to go with that because I've looked at a lot of information and it really seems like it's that, right? It's when white people try to take. so, And maybe that's just where the most examples
0: are. Yes. And so- but I was gonna say there is an issue inside that culture because I'm in a African and black makeup group and we go rounds on that because there was some company that named something geisha and Asian Americans wanted it pulled. And then there was Blacks who were arguing that it was fine. And I'm like, well, you were just yelling about the cultural appropriation of something else 10 seconds ago with Kat Von D. This is not acceptable for the Asians. And then also Native Americans also have a lot of concerns about cultural appropriation as well. So I don't necessarily just, I I think it can go rounds between everyone, but I think sometimes there's a level of hypocrisy in the Black community in terms of, what they will accept when they're not the targets of it,
1: well, I mean, look there's there's a definitely a level of hypocrisy in every group for sure, and because I think that this is where it gets super complicated though, right? So we read this definition that seems you know pretty straightforward, but everyone feels differently, like what you said, Nina, like I don't really care what you do with your hair, do you right? But some people will take that to an extreme, so it's kind of a weird situation because. It is an individual situation where you're not offended by something, someone who looks similar to you might be completely offended by it. So that makes it super complicated to figure out how to navigate.
0: I think when we usually see it, we're usually seeing it in the essence of celebrity, and that's when it's usually being addressed. So one of the two of the biggest examples I can use, and then we can talk about them, because once again, I'm a, I'm, th- those are not where I draw my battle lines. My battle lines are other elsewhere. Two big ones that didn't seem to be big at the time, but then have kind of received some blowback now is um, Tropic Thunder where you had Robert Downey Jr. doing Blackface, and um, as an Australian, he was being an African American. Now, that's coming back now It's kind of bad, but as a Black person, I thought it was hilarious. I actually loved it personally, but I thought it was because it was so in your face that they were doing cultural appropriation. They weren't trying to hide it. That was literally the point, right? And then you have the other actual, because the whole joke was you hired a white guy to play a black guy instead of like the black guy to pay, play the black guy, right? And it, and it was just kind of putting it in your faith in this satirical way um, that... Was accepted at the time, but now it's kind of people are trying to decide, well, was that okay? But back in the day, it was uh, C. Thomas Howell in the movie Soul Man. And back then, it was totally okay. And that's probably way more iffy. (laughs) Um, Now, like, now it's like, that would be super problematic with suntan pulls and afro hair and, and everything like that. And then... Oh my gosh, I was gonna set two examples and now I forgot the other one. Maybe I'll have to remember it later. But um I, I'm curious to if you guys watched Tropic Thunder and kind of what your takeaway from that was.
1: I don't know. It sounds like a porno to me, so I don't know. Sure. Okay. okay. Well, okay, so let's let's go to that because I think you bring up a good point that this happened and first of all, Nina, you're like at the time you saw it and you're like, This isn't a big deal, but have we gotten too sensitive about things? because if it was okay then and it's not okay now, is it because we are and I honest to God, I hate this term, but is it because
0: we're more woke now? or is it because we're more sensitive now? So I think that there's and this is kind of getting step, uh, stepping aside from cultural appropriation, but there is a love of like being more more aware now, right. So when I watch Pepe LeP now as an adult because I got old um, cartoons for my family to watch,
2: Happy Le Pew with, was a yeah.
0: Dog. Oh really? You watch it now, and you're like, "Oh my mm-hmm. god, that is mm-hmm. a Wait, sexual what? predator, no doubt about it." Yep. So. Yes. absolutely foul Really, super rapey febby Pue, super duper rapey oh super rapey like when mm-hmm. you watch it as an adult now because i was watching it with kids and then i like turned it off because i was so uncomfortable i couldn't even watch it to me that's a completely different like sense than like are we watching something first of all in context with the person because we we have an understanding of the person and their intentions and are we watching it in the proper context of comedy because there's a lot of appropriation in comedy and the thing about comedy is it's supposed to make you think deeper. So for instance, the movie's Malibu Most Wanted is literally a movie about appropriation with Brad, rad who's Brad. Um, and the whole concept is he's trying to be black, but he's so white and he's like super rich, but he's trying to be black. And then the whole movie is basically like his whole dilemma about that. Because not only is he trying to be black, he's badly trying to be black.
1: Maybe, Maybe that's one of the biggest problems is that You're portraying the worst characteristics. So that's a problem. So if you're portraying another race or another culture and you're portraying it in the worst possible stereotype, yeah, that's offensive.
2: So I think when we're talking about things like movies or Hollywood or the media portrayal of race or racial or cultural appropriation, it's really easy to distance from those because. It's, it's not personal. It is a portrayal of somebody it's super intentional. Someone is trying to send a message and you can either agree with it or not and choose to participate in it or not. I think where our dialogue can be constructive is in talking about cultural appropriation on a daily basis in kind of modern society, like things that we do that are microaggressions or somehow culturally infracting on one another. Intentionally or not, and how to get better about improving those things. Um, and one of the arguments that I just had was you can't fix cultural appropriation without fixing racism at large, because so much of what makes cultural appropriation bad is just racism at large. But if you can take cultural appropriation off the table, that's one less hurdle.
0: So part of the issue that I would say with that is that then we have to to narrow down the construct of racism in and of itself because it's the type of racism and racism is such a broad nebulous thing, right? So it's like a Mm -hmm. cloud. And so And what you said actually just brought me back to who it was. It was Glenn Stefani when she had her girls, um, her Asian girls that she had with her, which now is considered very bad because basically it was part of a prop. And so the reason why I think that the Hollywood example is important is because if we're accepting it on a broad scale, it filters down. Right. So it filters down. And so then we have. And I don't know sports, so you guys might help me out on this, but we have teams that are still named after Native Americans and have these caricatures, right? That's an appropriation. Or, for example in just conversations that we're doing when we call things spirit animals, which I still do some a little bit, but I've knocked off that specifically, since I've heard that that can be really offensive to certain Native American people. So I think that when we're glorifying something on a on a global level, then there's a lot of filter down that basically just gets starts being used in common culture that starts being spread. And so I do think to some degree, um, how it is portrayed um, by people above us ends up affecting it, and so I agree with you. So, are we are we trying to address not putting people in as costumes and caricatures? I mean, is that basically what we're talking about here?
1: Um, real quick, I just had a funny story. It's funny, but it's it's cultural appropriation or or kind of along the lines of what we're talking. So, I uh, volunteered at the Boys and Girls Club last year in the town that I live in and we were playing we were in the room and we were playing um simon says and i was simon and i said okay simon says sit indian style and the kids stared at me like their eyes got huge and they were like what what are you saying crisscross applesauce (laughs) dude i literally like the way they looked at me i'm like oh my god i just said something wrong what did i say wrong what did i say what i say?" and then i remembered my niece my niece is young so i'm like oh um, crisscross applesauce. And they're like, but what did you mean by Indian style? And I'm like, let's just forget I said that.
2: Right. Ignore that. Ignore that one. That's a throwback forget from it. another time. Forget it.
1: No. But, but literally, like, that's just that's what we called it when I grew up. And I've never, you know, I don't have kids of my own. So I haven't encountered the need to modify that.
2: I think a big part of the complexity of this argument is about intent. I think cultural appropriation is racism when you are culturally appropriating with the intent to cause pain or harm or to disrespect blatantly. Or the the flip side of that is if those things are happening and you are passive or ignorant to them, or or it's being pointed out like this is a problem, this is offensive to me, and you say, "Nah, you're nah, that's not a big deal." You're making too big of a deal of it. I think. That that's the silent majority argument that we're trying to get behind and like make sure that that doesn't continue to happen. But yes, you made it. You made a mistake because you made a mistake. That doesn't make you a racist or a bigot or a cultural appropriator. You just. Said something that was from another time that's no longer relevant or appropriate.
1: And then I can get behind. Like that, that I can understand. So when I talk about, I need to change the word, but when I talk about being woke or too sensitive, I don't really attribute it to that. I think that probably falls under the woke thing because now I realize, well, okay, obviously that's a little, that's not appropriate anymore. We don't say it anymore. And I can understand why. I don't think it's oversensitive. I do think it's important. I wanted to tell you guys a quote and I'm going to link this in the show notes. It was a quote from an article that I had read. And it says, diversity is celebrated, but the wrong kind of diversity is branded inexcusable. And I think it's so interesting based on our goal here at Diversity on Fire, like to think about that. Because when we think about diversity, we want to be inclusive, but then it's saying, but there's a line.
2: So I think the type of Diversity that that quote is labeling as inexcusable is diversity that isn't diversity. It is stolen culture via appropriation. It's when you have a non-diverse population putting on costumes to assume a diverse appearance.
1: Oh, B and I had a heated discussion on the way from Dallas to Houston. And let me tell you, honey, that was not a short drive. So it was a heated conversation about it was specifically we were talking about blackface and don't don't get me wrong or misunderstand I am not advocating for blackface in any way but we kind of we started pulling to the Halloween and talking about intent but I think that you know his point and is in some situations intent doesn't matter and my argument is that intent should matter yeah
0: it
2: should it not always can.
1: But I don't think that it's necessarily what everybody understands what the history is. So Nina, or would you be open to taking that and explaining what the history is and why that is so incredibly no bar, not acceptable?
0: So the thing about B and I is that, to be fair, our history doesn't really revolve around that. Because... You know, he's uh, an immigrant. I'm a first-generation American, so we don't actually have an American history linked to it. Um, However, we have the understanding and respect of the culture of learning it to know that it's offensive and just accepting that for the feelings of the other people who have generationally had that effect. And so it's an interesting situation for us. It's not linked to my personal history in any way. However, all I need to do is see the pictures of the blackface shows that they used to do um and to see some of the movies and just to watch clips of them and they are so clearly inflammatory and they are so clearly insulting that i've only needed to see a few snapshots and a few stills probably i haven't seen more than five minutes total in my whole life and they are disgusting and you can so to some degree um To some degree, your intent doesn't matter because at some point you just have to know. And, you know, I don't know what to say about the level of ignorance because we can talk about Megyn Kelly, right? Megyn Kelly was basically lost her gigantic contract from Um, I don't know what news station she left to go from Fox, but because she was on TV defending blackface because she was ignorant at this point, how I don't know, but all her hosts on that TV show, if you guys have not seen it live, were trying to like get her to not go down the road that she wanted to go down. And her arrogance prevented her from being able to listen. And that, you have to put that responsibility back on the person. I had a friend who dressed as the zombie slayer from that dead show and she blackfaced and she put it on Facebook and people were telling her not to, to take it down. And she would not. And actually I've checked four years later, it's still up. And I told her in private message, you need to take that down. She, and I explained to her that it's offensive, but there are people who don't care and they don't care to know the history. And she is still my friend because um, I love her for other reasons. But I don't know. I mean, at some point, y- you got to just listen to what someone's telling you. And and if you don't, then that's a choice that you're making. And um, it's a choice that you're intentionally making. And I, and I don't really have a lot of sympathy personally.
1: So I, I do agree that if you are not willing to listen or learn that it is the choice that you're making and that's nobody's fault but yours but i do again want to just go back to the origination so i don't know exactly how what time period well i know the time period but when exactly it originated but it basically just to give it a little explanation is when white performers white actors of the time they played characters that perpetuated just just any wide range of negative stereotypical African American characters that basically perpetuated the idea that they were lazy and ignorant and hypersexual and criminal. Okay. So they would paint their face with, I don't know, what did they use? Shoe polish, whatever, grease, whatever they used at the time. And that's why it's wrong because the way that it originated was to make fun of, hold down, and perpetuate extraordinarily negative stereotypes on a specific race. and I will let you guys take it from here, but I just wanted to throw that out there just so everybody can understand the origins. And I appreciate, Nina, what you're saying is that it's not necessarily your culture, but I just want to make sure that anyone listening can understand why it is not acceptable in any sort of way. It has a very distinct origin that is not okay.
2: Thank you so much for doing that, Heather. I think that's super important just to continue to re-educate. And I think uh, education and dialogue are the only solutions to any of the problems that we've discussed so far. And what you just explained is why cultural appropriation as a concept exists in a negative light. Because if it wasn't originally used to continue to perpetuate the oppression of a specific demographic, cultural appropriation would just be the sharing of cool things that people do.
1: Yeah, it's true. And I I would love to think that that was what most of it is is like, I mean, I like Haitian food. So I learn how to cook Haitian food and it's fantastic and I appreciate it and I eat it. I don't think I'm appropriating their culture. I'm appreciating their culture, obviously, because I wouldn't eat it if it wasn't good. But <laughs> but at the same time, we are dealing with a lot of variables. And I think we've talked about, you know, the biggest ones that we think get pulled out are the celebrities. That's what everybody hears about. But I do agree with you, Ashley, that we need to kind of take it down to a more specific level, a more individual level, because that's who we are and that's who we're talking to. I do think it's important to acknowledge the things that we can do to make sure that. So one thing that I've been thinking of recently is just kind of looking around at my own stuff and thinking, because look the way I I don't shop like I don't go to some specific store and say, I want these things because I want it to look like that. But if I see something and I like it. So one thing that I've been trying to do is look around and see if there's anything that I have that might be associated with another culture, and then take and try to learn what that might mean.
0: So as somebody who travels, and we've traveled together, right? And we've traveled together to a different country in Australia. So Heather and I went on a trip to Australia, a two-week trip. And part of what we did, because Australia also has a sorted history with their Aboriginal people, um, where they have subjugated them, racism, stripped resources away from them, and things like that. And so in some places in Australia, they're making a concerted effort to try to go ahead and bring some of their cultural aspects back to fruition and back to the light and represent these people in a more positive manner. And so we took part in a dinner and a show where they showed off some of their natural singing um, and dancing and things like that, and then we had our faces painted and then we took pictures. Now you could look at that a couple of different ways because there are definitely people who, especially when white people do it, assume that that's a level of appropriation. You can you can take a look at it that way and to some degree exploitation. And I. Don't want to say that that's, there's not some merit to that, um, but there is also a celebration of culturalism, which we also did when we went to um, Bali. And so once again, like Ashley, Ashley mentioned before, it's how it's done. And then Heather, going back to what you're saying, there's a level of intent. So when you're doing it because ha it's a costume, right? And I'm doing it for pictures to go show my friends, which is something that white tourists do sometimes for some of them, then that's a form of them doing it in, um, even if it's helping the, the individuals, there's a form of appropriation in that. But if it's because you're really going there and delving into it and learning the history and supporting, then that's different. But those lines can be blurred. I'm
1: glad you brought that up because I actually wouldn't have thought of that. In my mind, when I think back to that experience um, when we were in Australia, I believe that we were celebrating it. I believe that we were invited in and invited into a cell. I, that's how I took it. Um, but at the same time, if I turn around, I I wouldn't have one of those celebrations at my house. Cause that would be That would be a misunderstanding of what we were allowed into. That would be a misunderstanding of a teaching moment that we were allowed into one thing. One other thing that you mentioned is Bali that I think about. And this, this is kind of going off a little bit, but I don't know if you remember Nina, we were in Bali and we were with the, they were, we were with drivers and they were taking us to a, um, a whitewater rafting thing that we were going to go to. And the drivers were so nice. And you and I, We're sitting there and we were asking them all these questions about their life. And I think you got into the topic of this guy's son is getting his license. And we were like, aren't you terrified because you guys drive kind of crazy here? But we were talking to the drivers and we were looking around and appreciating the scenery. And there were Americans, two American couples behind us that couldn't stop gossiping and talking about things that were totally irrelevant in a beautiful country, not paying attention. And I, that sticks with me. I don't, do you remember that at all, Nina? The people that were there, they were.
0: I do, because I experience it on every trip I go. I I do. That to me is
1: really disappointing. And I, I think I'm really going off board here trying to tie it to cultural appropriation. But I think it does go to cultural appreciation. And there was a total lack of appreciation. And so maybe when we come back to cultural appropriation, maybe that's where some of, the anger comes from is because there are people like that that choose not to appreciate it and so when you choose not to appreciate it but then you want to show your pretty pictures they get
0: pissed yeah because you don't care about the people That's the point. Like, you don't care about the people. It's another form of a costume. The trip is another form of a costume. It's a braggadocious type of thing where you have gotten a chance to do this and look look at these people and look at their whatever, but there isn't any concern about them as people and or their experience. And there is a distinct difference.
1: So as far as cultural appropriation, does anybody, I mean, does anybody have anything in their home that would indicate another culture other than your own? that you like, that you appreciate, you do. Okay, Ashley. I ha- no, I have
2: now. an inflammatory question about your question. Oh, okay. What is white culture? What is my yeah. culture? Anything? <laughs> that is, anybody?
1: That, does anybody have a thought on that? Because Ashley and I are blank, are, are just as blank as we are I'm, white.
2: I'm serious as fuck right now. So this is part of the problem, right? So at least in, from my experience, trying to come up with a stance on this, every piece of my culture is appropriated. I and white, so there is no white culture, maybe country music, that's <laughs> country music, depending on who you ask. Black culture is a very real, very tangible thing. White culture is not,
0: but it can be. And so that's so we and, and coming taking that full circle is that I had this conversation with somebody who's putting up that stupid meme about the Confederate battle flag being like a symbol of Jesus Christ, which I was like, wow, but anyway. If I step, sorry, we just lost Heather's eyes in the back of her head somewhere. (laughs) She rolled them so hard. (laughs) Right. So I was like, well, let me, let me kind of come back to that. So, and actually I'm going to go back and snapshot that because I'll show it to you guys, but long story short, we, I got into it with her and I was like, that's because she was saying that that's her heritage. And I said, well, Confederacy is not a heritage. And then she said, um, it represents Southern pride. And I said, well, what is that? Because I, I said the Confederacy was only 10 states. It only lasted five years, right? So I'm like, what is the heritage in that? And then she said, well, you, she said, well, it'd be racist if I said white pride. And I said, no, we celebrate Oktoberfest and Black people celebrate Oktoberfest. We celebrate St. Patty's Day. We go out to Danish events. We go out to Polish events. We, there are so many facets to history that is associated with Caucasians that come from actual cultural events. But you don't claim any of that. You choose to claim a flag that was claimed for five years under very, very problematic circumstances. And then you say it's not about race. But then when I ask you about it, then you turn around and say, well, white pride would be an issue. And then when I tried to ask her about her upbringing and her She didn't know what to say, even though she does know where her family comes from, right? So then why is that? Why don't you have some kind of, because the people that I've met from my experiences working who were from Eastern European countries or who were first or second mm-hmm. generation, they're still very much in ta- touch with their, their their heritage. They're still very much in touch with like creating um or baking kolaches, for example, or stuffing sausages or schnitzel. Um, I'm probably going into just Yay one for schnitzel. Yes, right. But they're still very much in touch with that. So what you're saying is that you've allowed your history to be whitewashed. And so you're trying to adopt one and the one that you wish to adopt. Why is it that one? What What is it that you relate to in it? So I, those are all excellent points. I, and I
2: hear you and follow you on most of them. Fair I enough. think the, the people that you're talking about that are from Eastern European countries that have a connection to a culture um, other than just being white. Yeah, that's, that's, Polish culture, German culture, French culture, that, and those are, that's, that's a specific experience that people can tie back to. I think white American culture in its very essence is being a blend. It's people and people came to America and this is not speaking from the native American perspective, which is a wildly different experience than, than what we find in our history books as children. But people came to America because they didn't like what was going on where they were and they created something from scratch. A lot of that was pillaged, and there's a lot of rape and murder that goes along with it because that's what colonialization is. But the essence of being an American is being a melting pot, being a place where people can come and share whatever parts of their culture they want to keep and adopt whatever parts they'd like from everywhere else. And I think that's something to be celebrated. The problem is when you do that to the detriment of other people, and that's where it gets sticky and weird
0: and hard to navigate. And I actually totally agree to you. So, So then what is... So then what is the need to constantly try to denigrate other people for celebrating their heritage? you think it's a feeling of being left out because they don't feel that they actually have a culture?
1: You know what, Nina? That's a really good point. So I recently had a conversation with a girl and I've seen her post multiple times about black and beautiful. And I told her, honestly, I think you are beautiful. And I don't think it's because you're black or white. And I said, I mean, it's not about like seeing, you know, color or not seeing color. I, I see you. I understand what you look like, but I just think you're beautiful. And her explanation was that it was, it comes from a place of her having to defend that or having her feel like black women are not represented in terms of they're beautiful. Or it's like, it, it kind of goes back to the like articulate, like, oh my gosh, you're so articulate. Like all of a sudden it's some so, some sort of surprise, like you can be both. I just think that what Ashley said earlier, and you didn't necessarily say this, I'm kind of extrapolating from it, but but we are a melting pot. And the second, I don't want to be associated with white supremacy. I don't want white power because that's all associated with negative things. I do look at us as a melting pot. So all of this is a choice. And because all of it is a choice to a certain
2: extent, intent is the most important thing to be the dictator of what's good and what's bad intent is not an easy thing to know. You can't look at somebody walking down the street and assume that they are either uh, either negatively and derogatorily culturally appropriating, or if they're wearing box braids and a kimono and blasting Tupac, that they know the history of all of the things that are part of the culture that they're participating in and are really educated and engaged and activated in elevating all parts of those cultures. You don't know. You can't make that snap judgment. So I think it's it's just a tough thing to navigate. Nina, the question that you asked that I wanted to address is you you mentioned, and correct me if I'm wrong and just re-ask the question maybe, are white people feeling the need to denigrate other cultures because they feel left out? And my I would challenge that question because I don't think the vast majority, I think there's a handful of like shitty white people, which is a handful of shitty every people. I don't think the vast majority of white people are trying to denigrate at all. I think cultural appropriation in a lot of ways are white people adopting cultures and then being denigrated for having doing that. My sister is a prime example of this and we can, and she and I had a deep conversation about this, but she is a tall, spectacularly beautiful professional athlete with three feet of blonde hair and really bright blue eyes. We couldn't really possibly be any more opposite, but she's perfect. But she's an athlete and she's in and out of the ocean constantly and she's sweaty and gross all the time. Braiding her hair would make her life so much easier. And she talks often about how she would love to either do micro braids or or even more extreme dreadlocks because it would just make her life easier but she has been told by people of color in her community that she can't because that's cultural appropriation and because they don't have the option to adopt white hair she by all means cannot adopt non-white hair
0: so this is one where I don't agree with and okay. Yes. And, and we touched on it um in a, in a separate conversation outside of this um, outside of this parameter, but I don't agree with that because I just don't care. But, and, and and from the standpoint, I don't care what other people do for the most part. I, I have issues with when they're having, so my cultural appropriation problems are when we have fraternities and sororities having Hispanic parties or gangbanger parties or those levels. Yes. So there's certain levels. But if, like you said, if there's an athlete, athletes are given a pass for whatever reason to kind of like there's, there are categories that get given a path and there's just uneven standards being applied which is why the kardashians don't bother me because i don't think that they're appropriating I, I do think that they've fallen in love with black culture as an identity it's a little questionable why that's the case but that's on them to do that like i don't care about that that those are their individual choices i really more care when it's utilized like you said in a in a nasty way and or if they're not showing the proper respect to whatever the whatever the usage is, right? So like I've brought Geisha up a couple times because that's such a very specific mm-hmm. and important ideology and representation that they're so carefully crafted that those are the exceptions where I stay away from things like that because I know that it's problematic. Um, and so for Halloween costumes and things like that, but if I saw your sister, um, I would actually probably love it because I would love her fearlessness in adopting it because she will get blowback. But trust me, that blowback is also going to come probably more so from the white side.
2: So I completely agree with you that when she and I were having this conversation, I was like, that's horseshit. You should be able to do whatever you want with your hair. And if it's easier for you to take care of, if it's braided, then braid it. And she was like, no, I can't. It's not allowed. So my question to us as a group is if our purpose in having these conversations is to move the needle in progression and understanding and empathy and take damaging cultural appropriation off the table. How do we have a
0: conversation about things that are being labeled as cultural appropriation that really aren't? Then we have to bring those people to the table and have that discussion with them, which is when the pendulum swings the other side. And so the pendulum always swings to the other side. There's always people who are going to assign nefarious means to innocent things. And so to some degree, you have to be okay with upsetting a level of party to some degree, because that will always be the case. You can't be lukewarm, right? So lukewarm, we're going to spit it out. So you have to be authentic to yourself. And what I firmly believe is that most of the time, if you're truly authentic, and that shows itself over time, most people will appreciate you for what you are.
1: I like that answer. And I totally agree with you, Nina, because I think that We are all in this conversation, I think we are all super open to and not as offended as many of the people that bring this to a fiery head, right? That we see, I don't know, calling people out or just ragging on people so badly. But so I think I I, I agree with you, Nina, because I think what we should do is try to find someone who really disagrees with us who really has a strong opinion on cultural appropriation, at least in some aspects, and hear their side of it. I do get it, but I don't get it to the extreme that people are taking it. I really don't. I feel like there's an oversensitivity. And if I can understand and appreciate you, then why shouldn't I? And quite frankly, I do believe that a lot of people that are getting so frustrated and upset may not even know why they're so fucking upset. I
2: think it's a symptom of black fatigue. Maybe, And I may be speaking out of turn because I am neither black nor fatigued, but I think there's a lot of side effects of the cancer that is systemic racism and hypersensitivity to anything that can be perceived through any lens as denigration of black culture is inflammatory by nature. And Because the Black populace is tired and is frustrated, I don't think that we have any ground to stand on in telling them that they can't feel whatever way they want to feel. Anyone can feel however they want to feel about anything. What I think our role is, is learning how best to talk about this way, learning how best to talk about this in a way that decreases pain and decreases trauma. For all people involved.
1: Yeah, I can I can understand that actually, because if you think about it, I mean, just if we all just try to put ourselves in a position where we've been so stressed out and there's been so many things that, like, let's just think of that week of your life where everything is going wrong. And then you break your fingernail. And it's like, in the grand scheme of things, if you break your freaking fingernail, who cares? But because of all the other things that have gone on, breaking that fingernail is like, it's just like the end of the fuse. So Nina, can you talk to that? Do you think that that because I I feel like I can understand that pathway of like, maybe it's not as big of a deal, but it's a big deal because it's just one more thing.
0: I actually feel like when Ashley said fatigue, I think it rang true to me because it's just like, why can't we just have this? Why can't this just? Like you have everything else, why can't we just have this and you go have your own stuff? And because that's what it, when I hear it, especially in some of the um, groups that I'm in that are overwhelmingly women of color, that's what it is. It's like you have so much, and so and on the other side of it, I I hear it from white people, and and they and they're offended by those things too, and so it's, it brings this weird juxtaposition, right? So they're offended by BET because they're like, well. You would have white entertainment television. You're like, but that's literally everything. Now, maybe not anymore, but a story I will tell you guys, a very short story, was when I was um, in my early 20s, I came home from work. I was a waitress at Pizza Hut, and I flopped on the couch, and I turned on the TV, and I was watching it. I only watched it for a couple of minutes. Back then, you couldn't easily Google anything because we weren't quite that advanced yet. Um, So I had to research it later. But I watched, I turned on the TV and I only watched it for about two or three minutes. But it was John Travolta sitting on a couch watching TV also. And he was just flipping through the channels. And he was flipping through the channels. And um, something struck me about it when I was watching it. And I, and I didn't quite know what it was, but something was off about it. And it wasn't exciting enough for me um, at the time, but it didn't leave my mind. So I ended up like researching it, and researching it, and researching it. So you guys, what that movie was, and I actually haven't seen it. And now that we're talking about it, I'm actually going to seek it out. But it was the movie White Man's Burden. And what I do know about the movie is it's a flip. So it's basically like black people are in power and the white people are subjugated. But it's in modern times, so it's not slavery or anything like that, but they're the underclass. And what I knew subconsciously in watching something for literally less than a minute was something was wrong. Because when John Travolta was flipping that remote control, all the people that he was flipping it to were black. And my mind subconsciously recognized something was off about it, enough that later I thought out, because it just, I was just like, I didn't know that everyone on and TV I was like, black. Oh, it's not real. Yeah. Cause I had never seen that in my life ever right. flipping channels, especially because, because maybe on one show, but not, right. but not flipping channels. No way.
2: Yeah. It's jarring when something's that ingrained in the culture and it, and then it's set on its end for a second and you realize exactly how ingrained it was when you didn't even really notice it before, or you only noticed it when it was causing pain.
1: Well, sometimes you just have to end on a cliffhanger. We moved all over the board on this topic, and we invite you to share your thoughts with us, especially if you disagree with anything we said. We can't learn and grow if we aren't open to new ideas and perspectives. This week's call to action is kind of a choose-your-own-adventure. We'd like you to learn about a new culture and fire off in the comments of social media what you learned. If you're drawing a blank, you can start with the Democratic Republic of Congo, which is where our host B is from, or Cameroon, which is where Nina's parents are from. Both are on the continent of Africa. As a reminder, the opinions expressed on today's episode are our own. We encourage you to do your own research and come to your own fact-based conclusions. Whether you agree with anything we said here today or not, we hope you can agree that common respect for others should go without question thank you so much for joining us today we hope you were inspired to think more deeply next week we'll have a special guest gabrielle m janey who will share her story and thoughts on some of the key points we discussed today and so much more if you have a topic you would like us to discuss or you'd like to be a guest on our show please reach out by email info at diversityonfire.com or leave us a voice note the link for that can be shown in the show notes don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you're listening now so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a five star review on Apple Podcast and share the show with everyone you know so more people can join in these important conversations.
2: Sorry, we just lost Heather's eyes in the back of her head somewhere. She <laughs> rolled them so hard.